Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Neffling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to empower our guest, our... Let's just start this over. (laughs) Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening. Good morning. Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring together topics and guests that will help empower you in your confidence as a leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I'm very pleased to have William Attaway as my guest. And let me tell you about William. William Attaway is a leadership and executive coach for Catalytic Leadership LLC, a company he founded to help leaders to intentionally grow and thrive. He has served in local church ministry over 25 years and is currently the lead pastor of Southview Community Church, a church in Herndon, Virginia, near Washington, D.C., where he has served since 2004. He holds a Ph.D. in Old Testament with an emphasis in biblical backgrounds and archaeology. And he loves to read and speak about leadership, organizational change, and building up people, and teams. He's an Amazon number one best-selling author, and his newest book is Catalytic Leadership. Originally from Birmingham, Alabama, he has now moved to Northern Virginia with his beautiful wife, Charlotte, and their two daughters. Our theme today is going to be when to do or what to do when you're a new leader. And I chose this because I know some of our audience are experienced, but I think that this is a topic that can touch both the old and the new, the experienced and the newbies. So what to do when you're a new leader. Please join me in welcoming William Attaway. Vicki, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. As you can tell, I love your last name. I just love it. It is such a great name to say. So we always start with an easy question. So what country or part of the country in the U.S. do you call home? I did give that as a secret. But so what's the difference between Alabama and Northern Virginia? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, that That's a very long list. <laughs> you can be on for a while. <laughs> I was born and raised in Birmingham, uh, mm-hmm. not far from where you are uh, yeah. down in Georgia, mm-hmm. but I uh, have not lived there for a long time. I've been here for almost 20 years. Wow. So 
It's like me. I, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, but I have been in Georgia longer than I lived in Pittsburgh. And I, I moved here when I got married. So you know how long that's been a long time. <laughs> so how important is personal leadership to uh, a growth plan in that? You know, a lot of people are just going by the seat of their pants, but what about having a, a growth plan? Yeah, I think the old adage that failing to plan is planning to <laughs> fail fits here. I think that's so that's often so true. we think that, you know, we'll just pick it up as we go along. We'll just wing it till we, yeah. till we figure it out. Um, I would I would posit that there is a different way <laughs> that we can be more <laughs> intentional about how we're going to do that. Leadership is a skill. And like any skill, it can and should be developed. But are you developing it on purpose? Yeah. Or are you a victim of your circumstances? Are you just responding and reacting to what's going on around you? Or are you on the proactive side and saying, I want to, I want to grow on purpose in certain areas or toward a certain goal? Yeah. And I could see in, in your role as a pastor that the, the challenge is as you're talking to the young people mm-hmm. to where you know, right right now they're just thinking, I'm just winging, I'm having a good old time. But you know, when when is it time for you to start having a plan? I think it's long before you need it. Yeah. <laughs> if you wait until you need the skill to start to develop it, it's too late. Yeah. It's time now to start mm-hmm. developing where you want to go. Um, if you don't clearly define the when, if you don't define mm-hmm. where you want to be, where you want to go, if you don't clearly mm-hmm. define that, how on earth are you going to know when you got there? Or how are you going to know how to course correct to make sure you're going in the right direction? Mm-hmm. You have to define the when. You have to clearly say, this is where I want to be. You know, what is the what is the you from five years from now wish you were doing right now? Yeah. This is a question I'll often ask with coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And, and it brings some clarity because there's not a lot of ambiguity there. Most of the time we can answer that question. Oh, well, the me five years from now wishes I would be doing X, Y, and Z and start doing this and be accomplishing this. Okay, well, then what are you doing to do those things? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe they'll happen. (laughs) Maybe maybe they will. (laughs) Maybe. Um, But hope is not a a strategy. (laughs) Uh, Yes. See, um. And I, I think that a lot of times I just went to a great course um, in Calgary called The Gift. And we talked about what you're talking about right now, how we get stuck in this resistance loop. Yeah. And, and we just pile on the excuses as to why we mm-hmm. can't go out and we keep on breaking the agreements with ourselves. Yeah, of, exactly. Of, you know, I wanted to do this, but you know, this happened. And, and and so you broke that agreement. And every time you break that trust with yourself, mm-hmm. it takes away your self-confidence, your self-esteem, your self-respect. That's right. There's always a reason not to do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's not hard to find. The question that I'm asking, though, is, is what, what should I do? What yeah. can I do? Mm-hmm. What must I do today to be where I want to be five years from now? So I have sitting at my desk under my monitor on one of the many post-its I keep as motivators. What is the wise decision based on who Mm. I am trying to become? Yes. So that's such a good question. I love that. What is the wise decision based on who I am deciding to be? I love that. Yeah. You get to decide that. 
That's exactly right. And, and I think, you know, going back to the, um, my audience of women and young entrepreneurs and young students going into college yeah. and, and it's like, I, I, it's okay that you don't know what you don't know <laughs> and that you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. That's the great thing about life is you can keep changing and you can keep growing, but you need to try for something. Yeah. <laughs> well, if yeah. there's no clarity yet, again, mm-hmm. how are you going to know when you're moving in the right direction? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, change is part of life. That's, mm-hmm. that's okay. It's not something to be avoided or, or, or scared right. of. Right. Growth only happens on the other side of change. Right. Absolutely. So why do you talk so much about evaluation? I, I talk about this a lot, be probably too much for some people's <laughs> comfort, uh, because I think it's important to understand that experience is not what makes you better. There's this myth mm. that you just have more experience that, that you'll get better over time. Not necessarily. You could still uh, you suck know, at it. <laughs> absolutely. What if you have experience doing it wrong or doing it That's badly? Right. Nobody told just, you. Then you're compounding that right over time and, and you're, you're not getting any better. You're yeah. just compounding your error. Mm. Experience doesn't make you better. Evaluated mm. experience makes you better. When you can look at it and say, hey, what, what went right? What went wrong? And how do I make it better next time? When you ask those three questions, that's what enables you to grow and mm-hmm. to change the right things to move in the direction you want to move. That's so true. I, I've been at Toastmasters for many, many years, over 26 years. And one of the best ways to become a great speaker was I evaluated all the time. Yes. And that evaluation comes in so much, so handy in everything in life, you know, in all the things. But I remember I was going out and presenting for two years and not going to a meeting. And um, I came back and I ran to a meeting because nobody was there to say, were you making a point? (laughs) Could you you stay focused? Were you, you know, were you getting what you needed to get done in the the right amount of time or were you droning on and on? And all those things, you know, we don't think about. And, And as I try to coach people and speaking and and presenting, those are the things that you you need somebody, you know, why do I need a coach? Well, you might be the best dang speaker in the world, but mm-hmm. you do need somebody to listen to what you have to say now and then to say, you know, you've been doing that and you've been doing a lot, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's some way that you could actually completely make that better. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, coaching used to be a, a remedial thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, you're not doing too well. Let's get you a coach, you know, <laughs> like yeah, if there's something exactly. for, for, for low performers. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Now, coaching is for high performers. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Yeah. The, the most elite athletes you know have coaches. Yeah, sometimes Why? more than one. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? Because you can't see the whole picture yeah. when you're in the frame. That's you need somebody exactly outside right. who's going to help you see what you can't see, who's going to ask you questions maybe nobody else feels free to ask you. That's how and- you get better. And the other side of that coin is, you know, as, as somebody that, and and everyone, no matter how successful you are, has some sort of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm, And so having that coach does also have somebody that can remind you of things that, that you've done that are good, that you should be proud of that, that, you know, to help you get through that. So that imposter syndrome season of your life 
does not last forever. One of the things I'll often do with coaching clients is walk, have them walk me through what are what are your wins, your biggest mm-hmm. wins since yeah. the last time we talked. And sometimes that's a struggle mm-hmm. because high performing leaders often will be focused on what's wrong, the next mountain to climb, the next mm-hmm. hill, the next KPIs to achieve. They're not focused on the wind. They blow right past that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that went good. That's great. Next, next, what's next? By recognizing and calling out the winds, you begin to build data. Mm-hmm. And data is what you can use to make great decisions. Yeah. Not emotion. <laughs> yeah. If I make emotion-based decisions, most often I'm going to end up in a ditch. <laughs> emotion makes a fantastic passenger in your car, but you should never let it drive. <laughs> I love that one. I have to write that down on a post. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how did your older daughter... Mm-hmm. she had cancer. Mm-hmm. How did that diagnosis impact your family, your faith, and your leadership? No, this was about three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she started having some headaches and we thought maybe she's starting to develop migraines. I started developing those when I was about her age. She was 14 at the time. And they just they wouldn't go away. We went to the doctor, we got medicine and, and nothing seemed to work. So we kept going back and eventually they ordered some scans and discovered that she had a brain tumor on the mm. back right side of her brain. No history of this, no, no family medical reason for this to be the case. It's just a genetic thing. And as we walk through the process first of surgery, two days later having surgery, and then two days later being home and waiting for the biopsy to come back, and then a few weeks later getting those results and discovering that it was a very rare form of cancer. You know, only about 50 teenagers a year in the world are diagnosed with it. Wow. And then going through the treatment and, mm. and you know, radiation and, and moving and living at the Ronald McDonald house for seven weeks, you know, in a different city and and really walking through that journey with her. One of the things that that impacted me and our family during that time was an understanding of what matters, what matters most. The fact is for you, for me, for everyone who is listening, one day somebody else is going to sit in the seat you sit in at work. One day somebody else is going to have the title that you have. They're going to do what you do. Then what? Mm. Then what? What about the relationships with those closest to you? Do they know how much they matter? Mm-hmm. They understand the priority in your life. And for so, so often leaders sacrifice those relationships in favor of, you know, hitting the next objectives at work, yeah. accomplishing more, 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 more influence, more money, more success, however you want to define that. But what they sacrifice is what matters most. Mm-hmm. And they get to the end of their life. And, and then what? You know, by virtue of what I do, I've spent a lot of time with people at the end of their lives. Mm. And you know what? I've never heard anyone say, not once. <laughs> no, I wish I had spent more time at the office. <laughs> if only true. I had accomplished more of those KPIs. If only, if only I had gotten one more achievement or award or, or this this measure of success. Never once. Yeah. What I do hear are regrets, regrets yeah. around relationships mm-hmm. that they sacrificed, that they never mended, that they never invested adequately in. And now it's too late. Yeah, You know, you and I get to benefit from that because we can learn from the example of other people. I think, I believe you can learn from anybody. Sometimes you learn what not to do. Yeah. That can be incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. So I coach leaders and I tell them, you need to define your win. You need to define what matters most and what will matter most, not just what matters in this moment. Don't let the urgent 
to quote Stephen Covey, don't let the urgent crowd out the important. Nice. So how do you learn if someone is the right fit for your team? Hmm. You know, talk about relationships and. Yeah, whenever we're looking for a new team member, what I will what I will do is is we run them through the gauntlet. <laughs> we we hire slow and we fire fast. <laughs> I think that's a <laughs> that's a principle that's helpful no matter what field you're in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we take our time and we run them through a number of different metrics to say I want to have a lot of conversations with you and I want other people to have conversations with you. There there are five things that we look at on our team, and these are going to be somewhat similar depending on your field. You may find some variation. Uh, one thing we look at is character. Uh, we believe character matters a great deal. <laughs> and you may think, oh, well, yeah, you know, leading a church, sure, character matters. Uh, but I'm in business. But I'm in business. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I, I would like for you to grab the Washington Post and read the stories in there and tell me character doesn't matter no matter what you do <laughs> in any field. That's the right. fact is, we know it does. We know it does. It's expected of a leader. Mm -hmm. So character is one of the non-negotiables for us. Uh, if we don't get a glowing green check mark in that box, we don't proceed. It's mm. really that simple. Uh, another one is chemistry. Uh, I want this person to have chemistry with the rest of the team. We're going to spend some time together <laughs> over time. <laughs> and if we don't like one another or if we don't click, um, that's not going to be great. And it's going to make for a short-term hire unintentionally. Yeah, It's not what I'm after. So I make sure that, you know, there's a sense of humor there because our team has fun. We laugh. If there's no sense of humor, that's going to be a bad fit. And we owe it to everybody involved to be honest and say, you know what? I think this just isn't a good fit, at least in this season. Too often we, we think that we should be nice. We should be mm -hmm. nice. Well, that's true, <laughs> but we can elevate niceness to a level where it's unhealthy. Yeah. where we're not honest. I believe clarity is kindness. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be clear. I want to be very clear with people that we're looking to bring onto our team and with our team about potential candidates. Let's be honest with each other. Um, so for, for us, chemistry is a very, very big deal. Competency is another one. Mm -hmm. Can you do the job we're asking you to do? I'm not asking you to be perfect at it. I want you to grow. I want you to learn. I want you to get better. All of us have that capacity to get better and grow. Mm -hmm. But can you at least do the minimum to do what we're asking you to do? I don't want to hire somebody to lead worship who can't sing, for instance. That's not a great idea. <laughs> not right? great. You need to have a basic level of competency <laughs> yeah. in what we're asking you to do. Yes. So, you know, those three, those three are, are so important to me. Uh, there's mm -hmm. others that I use as well. Culture is another one. Every organization has culture. Uh, either intentionally or unintentionally, and you can have a culture mismatch. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes in who has a very different view of what the culture should be of that organization versus what you have decided it is, uh, that can create friction, and it can ultimately, again, create a very short-term hire situation. Mm -hmm. And the last one I use is calling, uh, which is specific to our context, but you could filter in the word commitment there as well. Mm -hmm. Are you really committed to this? Are you called to this? Or... Is this just something you're doing until you want to do something else? <laughs> um, that's a question, and I'm going to ask it, and I'm going to ask it 10 different ways mm -hmm. uh, because I want to know that. I'm not asking somebody to be here until the end of time, but I am asking for more than 10 minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd like to know that you're here at least for the next season um, because we're going to invest a lot in you.
So those are the five C's that I look for when I'm gauging fit. There's so many assessments and metrics that I'll use as well to help understand how somebody's wired. Uh, the DISC assessment is fantastic mm -hmm. for this. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Lencioni's new working genius assessment, I'm a big fan of, that helps to understand what somebody's areas of greatest contribution to the team are and mm. where we really need to make sure they are living most of their time if they're going to be fulfilled and be generating the greatest impact to the team. That's a great assessment. And if, if your listeners haven't heard of that, they should check it out. Workinggenius.com. They can find out more information about that. Awesome. Wow. So I, I have to totally agree with you. I, I go back to the days when I was hiring and uh, people would send these resumes and then they'd walk in and it's like, it looks good on paper, right? right. but it's just not going to fit. And I, you know, I can't teach character. I can't. Yeah. Right. And, and your behavior is something you have to change. And if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. And as you said, we aren't hiring to fire. Right. And, and shouldn't we be honest with one another mm -hmm. if it's not a good fit? I mean, instead right. of trying to, to force it, you know, I mean, shouldn't we be honest and say, hey, you know what? I think this just isn't a good fit for us right now and for yeah. you. This isn't right. going to give you the best environment where you're going to thrive. Yeah. I find people appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, you just don't want uh, somebody that has a breath. <laughs> right. <laughs> A, a warm body is not the goal. Yeah. No, but but a lot of people, that's what they hire for, just a warm yeah. body, and then they pay for it. Yes, they do. So it's time now for rapid fire. We have zoomed by so quickly here. So with rapid fire, I will give you five phrases. Some of them will not be surprising to you. I took them from some other questions you had, but why is it so important to never stop leading change? because change is a constant. There is no part of your life that is not going to experience change over time. Uh, every part of our lives. And if a leader thinks they can just maintain the status quo and not lead change, I've got news for you. Uh, whatever you're leading is about to die. Yeah, so true. So you got to push yourself to that uncomfort. You have to unknown. And that's the only way you can grow. That's right. You talk about being a conduit, not just a reservoir. I love this, of what you've experienced and learned from others. What does that mean? And how do you do that? Mm. Now, I've been a student of leadership for over three decades now. And I've been a practitioner of leadership for over 25 years. What does that, what does that mean? It means that, that I've had a lot of people who have poured into and invested in me. Mm -hmm. through their writing, through personal coaching, right? Through spending time with me and investing in me. Was all that just for me? Is that <laughs> just, just for my benefit? That's it? Not a chance. I think there's no such thing as a wasted experience in your life. Everything that you go through is not just for you. It's also for the benefit of those around mm -hmm. you, if you will be a conduit of that. Mm -hmm. Too often we think of the experiences and the things we learn and all the, the, the opportunities that we have for our benefit. And we think about this in terms of a reservoir, right? And we just hold with more and more water just for me, just for me, just for me. I don't want to be a reservoir. I want to be a conduit. I want to allow the water to flow into me and through me to touch mm -hmm. all those around me so that they can benefit just like I have. I think that is great leadership. And that's yeah. what truly can make you catalytic. Yeah. It's what we're put here on the earth for. Indeed. 
So you, we talked a little bit about um, family and we talked about, you know, you can't work to, to live to work. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about being a family focused leader. When I talk about being family focused as a catalytic leader, often I get some pushback on that. And leaders will say, well, if I focus on my family, I'll be living out of my car in no time. And I understand what they're saying, but the problem is they've missed the main thing. What's the most important thing in your life? You get to decide that. You get to decide that just like I do. For me, I'm a person of faith. My relationship with my heavenly father is the number one priority in my life. My relationship with my wife is second. My relationship with my kids is third. And after that comes everything else. Mm. I don't just want to say that. I want to live that mm. in such a way that my calendar reflects that, my use of resources affects that. And most importantly, that everybody on that list knows that that is true <laughs> by how I live and how I treat and value and prioritize them. And I believe that the greatest success of a leader, the greatest measure of success is when those closest to you understand that your priorities match what you're saying Mm. by what you're doing. Is it possible to really measure intangibles like leadership growth and impact in your organization or in your leadership? Yes, absolutely. I think that to say, oh, we can't measure that. You know, (laughs) I hear this a lot. We can't measure that. We're a church. We can't measure that. Okay, well, that's just lazy thinking if I'm honest, right? You can measure because we measure what matters. And if you think you can't measure it, you're just not trying yet, right? And this is what I help leaders do. I help them determine what are the metrics we're going to use to measure, not the easy metrics, the metrics that actually matter. Are you making Mm -hmm. an impact? Let's measure those metrics, not just the easy first ones that come to your mind. Mm -hmm. The ones that push the needle, Mm -hmm. bring you the outcome. That's it. That's it. Too often, we just want to stick with measuring outputs. Yeah. I want to, I want to measure outcomes. Yeah. So what advice would you give your 30 year old self, Mr. William Attaway? Mm. <laughs> Don't be in such a hurry. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> don't be in such a hurry. Remember that you don't get those days back. Yeah, that's right. Remember that you don't. And, and over time, you know, as I, as I move closer and closer and closer to a different season of my life, you know, I've got one in college now, my older daughter who went through the the, the cancer is now mm. doing great, awesome. um, has not recurred. She's in college. My younger one is in high school. She's a sophomore currently. And we're looking, you know, pretty, I mean, we're not far from being empty nesters. That's a different season of life, right? Uh, you don't get those days back. Don't mm. be in such a hurry. Don't run past each season because each season has value so i'm in the season of grandbabies so uh oh <laughs> yeah i loved i love raising my daughters but baby this, <laughs> my grandboys are just my heart oh my goodness <laughs> That's all awesome. right it is time for me to warn those listening that i will be sharing my screen with william's contact information so if you could just run real quick Get a pencil paper, and I will give you time to write down his website information, and it will be on the YouTube and my website. All right, so his website is thecatalyticleadership.net. 
That's C-A-T-A-L-Y-T-I-C-L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P.net. You can find him on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok, just searching William Attaway. Um, Instagram, I love. He's Wattaway. <laughs> love it. <laughs> oh, you got to go to Wattaways. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about what you have to offer and introduce them to your podcast as well as your book. Thanks. You know, the podcast is new. I'm, I'm a new podcast host. We launched this summer of 2022. So I'd love for you to check it out. It's simply titled Catalytic Leadership because I like to be consistent. And so if the listeners will go there, they can check out the episodes. Every other week, I interview leaders in a variety of different uh, fields because I believe catalytic leaders, while they may do different things, there are threads of consistency that run mm -hmm. through because leadership, great leadership is great leadership. No matter where you are, where you yeah. serve, where you work. And for your listeners, I would love to offer a free copy of my new book, uh, Catalytic Leadership, that came out earlier this year. Uh, if they go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, they can get a free copy. Uh, if they're willing to pay the shipping, we'll get that right out to them, a paper copy. Or for international listeners, you can get a digital copy of the book. Awesome. That is all the time we have today, but I want to thank William for being such a wonderful guest, sharing his stories, great tips, tools for us, insights. Um, be sure to reach out to William with questions or if you'd like to connect with him, get his book, check out his podcast. And just wanted to remind you, as I always do, that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. <laughs>